Testing. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and test audio and just verify that yeah, yeah, all the things are working. Go. Yeah. Wow, those are some pretty pretty lines. I like yeah. those lines. Mm. So which which one's mine? I am I am two. Or am I one? I'm one. It sounds like you're one. Lonely as a number. Wow. Uh, somehow I'm sounding a bit louder than you today. That's interesting. I think it goes back and forth between who's talking. Oh, so it does what OBS does in Discord, where it'll slightly fade the person down. No, I think we're just not assholes. We don't try to talk over each other a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a, a thing that happens. That is a thing that, ha I mean, I, I, I try not to interrupt people. Uh -huh. I really don't. And I think it's showing, obviously, in the audio. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, well. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, excellent. You know, this is not getting cut out, right? We, we never cut this part out. I, I think you should um, um, put, like, radio tuner static over it as it comes in. <laughs> that that nasty yeah. like white noise i want to make an intro for the for the for the channel okay i think that'd be good i mean we do need one at uh -huh. this point because like i i made the one for my for my anime podcast so i can probably make this one too sounds like a plan i mean at this current point in time because i haven't told you exactly what we're sitting at views wise I haven't, I, yeah I, I, I try not to look at that so i can be impressed on not camera yeah uh the whole i mean how else would they know you're shocked and awed if they can't hear your voice yeah it's not like i'm exclusively known for fucking lying all the time i mean that is a thing so anywho welcome to bound by the scene again we're finally back in a normal recording aspect of our lives yeah uh, there was an interview i didn't get invited to there was an interview that you didn't get invited to but, but that's because you were preoccupado and the way that that one's going to be structured is that you or I, if I can't make it to anything, yeah, and if there's like a big, a little bit of a gap in between recording sessions, yeah, like yeah. Just, we have we have some filler space. We because I had depression, <laughs> exactly, and I didn't want to make you do anything that you weren't up to doing. So. Yeah, yeah. But that that honestly, took oh, well, a, we have to make it official. Oh yeah, hold up, wait. Okay, well, now was, the episode started. That was crispy. Ah, suck. <sighs> you've been missed that's for sure so <laughs> fucking aim better <laughs> oh, okay so so i have a question unrelated to our topic i, I don't an know what our topic is um have you ever oiled your rope after it has been on somebody mm, yeah because that's the thing i want to try i mean i want to i want to like tie somebody up and then um this has mostly not happened because I am poor okay. um, and just dump whatever treatment oil I want on the uh, the rope onto the person. I mean, you would have to. The logistics of that sound really nice. The only issue that I would see with that is once you get it off and it's like dripping with oil. Yeah. You'd have to literally keep it taut I can do until that. it semi pseudo dries. But okay. you can also ruin the rope like that. Oh, by keeping it too taut or be what? keeping it too wet okay. because the fibers will start getting breaking down okay and that causes a lot of issues as far as like that's concerned because you can get the rope wet you can douse the person in water mm -hmm. and then the fibers will start coming loose and that's right, why you keep it right. taut okay so 
you can do it with water or I, I prefer with, you do it with water rather than oil. Uh-huh. But that's just my personal I opinion. just like putting oil on people. I recently bought a three pound um, uh, container of Manteca and a uh, gallon of extra virgin olive oil. So I, I'd be thinking those are those food grade <laughs> items, not fiber grade. I, I don't think industrial grade items, I guess, mm. would be the different term for that one. Right. Uh, I can see that going very bad. Your throat's going to smell very musky. Mm. And then, well, get- I'm not going to use those, but like, I, I want people to know that I'm very enthusiastic about fat based product. I can see this going one of two ways. Horribly wrong. Right. Or awkwardly hot. I'm going to leave it to the lighter. I don't feel like I need to choose. I mean, you probably don't need to choose. Uh The the rope will choose for you. Right, right. So there's that. You know what else I want to do? Hmm. I want to make a kink uh, tarot deck. Okay. Really badly. Can the hangman just be me, but hanging from my neck with a bundle of rope at my crotch? Well, like, I, I wanted to see about us having, like, a um, a channel, like, uh, a channel-themed tarot deck with, like, a hanged man and both of our icons on it. I can fuck with that. I can definitely fuck with that. But, uh, who knows? Um, I, I'm just trying to, um, what is it, monetize my hobbies? <laughs> I, I mean, do what you can, uh... I, I highly recommend it. I'm Picture a- the scene. It's a takedown scene where I <laughs> string you up and then tell you why the spirits hate you. <laughs> no, picture this scene. I, I, we do have a rough body scene. I take out your credit card and say, you're going to Venmo me for this scene. <laughs> Are you going to fend him somebody? I'm going to fend him somebody real hard. Like that. I think that's my new kink. I think oh. I just found my new kink. Well, Imagine, I'm the fendom. Right. That I'm pacing the pews in a church corridor. (laughs) (laughs) I already don't like where this is going, but continue. The panic at the disco. (laughs) Oh, God, this has turned into a wonderful show. Okay, what are we talking about today? Uh, Before we discuss what we're discussing uh, today... We need a pre-discussion before our crime. We need a pre-discussion, but but mainly I wanted to get rid of some of the housekeeping because... Mm We've just hit over 16K views. Wow. Uh, 16K? Well, up. 1,600. Okay, those are very different. Yeah, no, I wish... <laughs> I, I should have uh, remembered that there was a dot between 1 and 6, so it's 1.6K. Right. Views. A dot. You're, like, very not American right now. I'm very not. The the the, the ethnic, ethnic group in me is... Screams in metric. <laughs> screams in other countries. Um, yeah, no, we hit... Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know if that was, like, an American thing or, like, a North America thing. Like, does Canada also use the comma instead of the period and uh, to designate, like, the thousands place? I know most of Europe does it. Oh, yeah. That, I, Europe absolutely does it. I'm not entirely sure about Canada. Mm-hmm. Pretty, if there's a if we have Canadian audience, please just let us know in the comments. Because uh, most of the people that I know that know a lot about Mexican culture are... Um, uh, Mexican-American people that, like, grew up here but have a lot of, uh, like, Mexican relatives. So, like, a lot of these things don't come up in those conversations. Usually not. They're usually just kind of taught in the wayside. And then you end up figuring it out later. But, yeah, that's kind of the housekeeping. Thank mm-hmm. you guys for all the wonderful views. Thank yeah. you guys for all the support. Even the new subscribers. They're better I than regular you. views because I know you're looking really hard. Uh, extremely hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
um, and again, the the interview will be up on when I think Wednesday on YouTube because it's already up on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much about it. So the discussion today is vetting. I know we touched on it on the second episode about playing in the scene and all that. Mm, we kind of got vetting. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vetting. We 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 we've touched on it a little bit here and there, and we've never really sat down and actually gone through the reasons and importance of mm-hmm. actually discussing it like actually having that conversation okay on why it is important to like know who the hell you're playing and i think that's what we should be going on i think that's something that i actually discussed i was actually suggested to me by one of our viewers you know who you are comment on that one because i know you're gonna be listening to it you Mm -hmm. dirty dirty man (laughs) so vetting what are your th- what are your thoughts on the actual subject? Are you familiar with it? Familiar with the concept? Um, no, I, I wanted to make a joke about taking your uh, your dog girl to the clinic, but um, I couldn't find a way to to make it succinct. But I want y'all to know that it's there. Want to like uh, comment your best version of that joke? Um, I already have it in my head. Yeah, <laughs> well, not... you can go comment it too. I'm not going to do that at all. <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Okay, on on we we hang out on Pornhub, homie. Like, what do you get? Never mind. <laughs> I have a lot. I, I remembered not to underestimate you. So, as far as I understand it, vetting is the process of choosing uh, who you are willing to have around you and your um, your kink microculture. So, like the group of um, uh, people who meet semi regularly and have your own like little uh, in group. Um, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, yeah, that's one way of interpreting it. That's not, a, it's not I haven't a, developed a super huge group like that in many years. Um, I haven't had a kink group. Um, I've, I, I tend to meet with a lot of individuals, um, and have individual scenes, but as far as like a large group, I haven't had that since it was the drinky times. I get that. I, I totally get that. The, so vetting can be done in a obviously a variety of different ways. You can do online based vetting uh, for an individual that you want to play. You can do group based vetting mm-hmm. for groups or interpersonal relationships that you are trying to be involved in that are a lot more than just a person by person basis. Mm-hmm. Then there's also venue vetting. Then there's also a whole bunch of that, that and that just starts trickling up. Right. Then you get to convention vetting, then you get to performer, performer mm-hmm. vetting. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but we're going to kind of go, we're, we're just going to fucking go from the top down. So, uh, yeah, I see, um, I think we should do the opposite because I think they're, um, I think starting at a personal level is where most people will be familiar. And as we get to the higher levels, we can talk about like how when you break that chain, you can run into problems. Yeah. All right. That sounds a lot better than what I was doing because I was, I was doing I was thinking about trickle down economics at that point. Yeah, because that works. Because it doesn't work. That's, <laughs> the, that's the whole point. Like, sometimes even vetting doesn't work. And yeah. the importance of vetting is to basically uh, keep yourself like keep it's a whole keeping yourself safe mm-hmm. in a in a enclosed space or in a space where you're around someone else. Right. Or making sure that the event that you're going to is not participating in any like highly illicit things. And then even conventions and vetting performers is like have. <laughs> Are they held accountable to the same standards that yeah. a Joe Schmo like me or you are going to be right. held accountable for? So, uh, I, I see two, um, just as we're talking about this, I see two definite dimensions that come into play when we're talking about betting. There's personal experience and there's reputation. 
Mm -hmm. So I think those are very good ways to frame what we're going to be talking about. Makes perfect sense to me. So in my, in my data, I guess, uh, 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 BC before COVID, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start using that. That one's a nice little fun one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So before COVID times, uh, vetting was a little bit of an interesting concept because, um, there's many different ways that we vet in country versus out of country. Like, right. Well, Eastern and Western, I'm going to keep using that because I'm a little bit more prevalent in like, I've had a little bit more experience as far as being vetted in Japan versus right. being vetted in like, say Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I imagine Europe is somewhat similar to the U S or Canada. Or, I have no clue. I'm just guessing. I've never played point. in, uh, in Europe. So neither have I, I look forward to doing that one of these days. Mm hmm. Uh, I know while, but, uh, um, let me, based on what you've told me, vetting in, um, the East is very meritocratous and like, uh, on the spot performance based. Yeah. It's a, you, it's a one strike policy. Yeah. Verified personal experience, I suppose. Like you have to take a test. Almost like a test. Uh, I know the, I know Mistress Maya when I was over there in her dungeon, Mm -hmm. um, the only reason I'm saying her name is because she's actually out in the open and she openly right. says and promotes her, her stuff. Uh, the way I wonder if she listens. I wish she, I wish she, I wish she did. Mm-hmm. I would be very happy if she did. Um, the way she vetted me was she, I was one of the first people to go into her, her, her dungeon. And she mm-hmm. asked me if I wanted to play that night. If right. I was looking forward to playing, I was like, well, it's not on my to do list, but I would not be offended if I was to play. She's like, okay, cool. Well, what's your experience? And she started like, fishing information so your answer was please mommy my eventual answer was please mommy but um (laughs) that comes later right so she started talking we started having a normal conversation i i got my beverage for the evening and she's like okay cool well the way that you're gonna do the way if you decide to play you Mm -hmm. have one chance you're gonna tie one of the newbies that are here because you're saying that you have experience if you hurt one of them you're not allowed here anymore right right and that puts a fire under my ass actually perform well and not be a piece of shit Mm -hmm. because the way she has her her setup is that you can play one of her slaves her personal slaves Mm -hmm. you'll pay for that but you can and she wants to verify that if you do decide to play with one of her toys you're not gonna hurt them. you're not gonna hurt them break them or do anything stupid so that's uh that's interesting um so we're already bringing like um, the thing that interests me is the different contexts for vetting, because that that context comes with a particular social sphere, and it comes with um, um, a set of rules. There is a ritual to being allowed to play in this space, and it also doubles as vetting. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you once ran, um, helped run an organization uh, roundabout, correct? Uh, correct. I I did own a studio where we did have to do some of our own vetting. Yeah. How did how did that work? So the way we did it, if we were going to get into get a performer in, is that we would first we would contact the performer. Mm-hmm. We'd contact the person that was going to be doing any of the teaching, and if we've had, and usually this person we've had prior experience with, mm-hmm. either we've taken their class beforehand or we've met them at a convention and we ha- we we exchange pleasantries. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. So, and then we kind of see if anything had happened in their performing life recently like if they if there was a consent violation if there was anything that we needed to kind of like ask the bottoms that Mm -hmm. they were they were bringing in if they were bringing them in because sometimes they couldn't afford to 
to bring in a bottom with them. So right. we'd have to supply one and then we'd vet the bottom and the bottom would meet the performer and then they would exchange pleasantries mm. and exchange like vetting and uh, rules that would limit mm-hmm. to what was going to happen and what wasn't going to happen. And especially when it's a rope intensive where it's a three day long, your body's going to be hurting after all of the right, stress. Yeah. So that's the that's one of the ways that we did it, which it works. And then sometimes it doesn't because after you find out after the fact that this performer or someone else did some nefarious things right. with other people going So how forward. do you decide who in your organization is allowed to vet and who isn't? And um, like, uh, th- that's kind of the other dimension because like if, if you have the studio and that studio is doing good work, then they're going to have a reputation and that gives you social power. It so does. deciding who does and does not get to vet people um, and carry the weight of your endorsement, how do you decide that? Um, are you happy with the way it was decided? So, typic- uh, well, so what would you change? That kind of stuff. Well, typically the way we did is that we, we as as the organization, it was it was four figureheads at that time, and we would uh-huh. we would just, we would sit down and have we discuss this over drinks mm-hmm. usually or dinner, one of the two. And we'd be like, okay, so who do we want to teach? Mm-hmm. And we start throwing names out and usually we'd find and hone in on one. And right. then usually the, at the time there was a specific person that had their name on the lease and we left that decision up to them. Mm-hmm. Or if there was something that we wanted to bring in, then the decision would be left to us. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, and that then it, the responsibility falls on that person to, dot all their I's, cross all their T's, mm-hmm. as well as minding their P's and Q's and also trying to reach out to people because yes, while the organization does have power, you still have to have a human element in discussing, well, maybe there's a little bit more to this uh-huh. that we're trying to figure out and then we just go from there. Okay. So that's how we did it. Mm-hmm. Interpersonal interpersonal relationships are a little bit more strict, mm-hmm. I would say, because sometimes the performer has a reputation. Right. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that reputation to be like, okay, well, then you're throwing it into a business standpoint. Well, that right. reputation is going to bring in people that, mm-hmm. and that pe- bringing in people is going to bring more money so that way we can pay the performer. Exactly. Yeah. And still keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. And that remove, and some of that does remove the human element into it. And that's why I think personal, like interpersonal relationships, like one-on-one mm-hmm. betting is a lot more difficult. Okay. Because, I'll use I'll use me for an example. Not even like two three weeks ago, I had someone get into my DMs and was like, "Hey, I'd like to I'd like to have a scene with you." Correct. I'd like to play with you, and I'd like to form a friendship based rope relationship where we're tying as friends and right. all that fun jazz. I'm like, all right, fine. Here's the first thing I need I need personal references. Mm-hmm. I don't know you. I've never met you. I need to know if you're someone safe to play with. Right. And usually, I ask for one or two. Right. And if they give me one or two, I respond with one or two as well. That way, mm. and, I, and I usually send them people that I've worked with that mm, are going to be less objective. Uh, they're going to be far more objective than mm-hmm. they're going to be like fawning over. Yeah, because it's a, effectively it's a hiring process. Exactly. Like if this stuff can seriously hurt you, I think the amount of um, work that goes into hiring somebody is a reasonable thing to ask for um, at the level that you are used to performing at. Exactly. And I don't want to intimidate people out of uh, the entire process because they're like, oh, fuck, I have to be a manager now. Um, kind of do a little bit, but like there's different levels, I think. There is. And it just varies. Like if 
the way that this person wanted to play with me is like, okay, well, they wanted a very structured, they wanted photos, they wanted a friendship. It's like, okay, cool. I'll send them to one of the models that uh, has, has had a professional work experience with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that should do it. Right. It's up to them at that point to mm-hmm. either trust what I'm saying or follow up with that. And right. I would hope that they would follow up with it. Right. As opposed to just trusting my word. Right. Um, one of the, I'm a terrible person, so I'd rather than do do. do well, I'm I'm kind of like it. Maybe it's my experience with the research, but like peer review is my bread and butter for everything. Like uh, we were having this, I, I was having an existentialist discussion with a friend of mine on Discord, and they were like, "We can never truly know what is real," and I'm like, "That's absolutely true. That's why we have peer review." Yeah. If we can't know what's real, we should at least know what we can all agree on. That is fair. But that also goes into a whole different portion of the conversation. It's like, well, we've all agreed that safe, sitting, consensual, uh, risk awareness, consensual kink, and prick, mm-hmm. personal responsibility, informed consensual kink, are the basis for all of kink. And it was put in a really interesting way for me, mm-hmm. is that what your personal responsibility is, is not going to be mine. Exactly, yeah. And it's a, it, it, you start getting into these weird convoluted discussions, and everything has a gray area. It's like, whoa! Mm-hmm. What somebody is safe is not going to be my safe. Yeah, that's why you have to yell it from the treetops. Exactly. And and I prefer the whole yelling it from the treetops aspect as opposed to having to find out the hard way. Yeah, but that, I think that's kind of easy for people like you and I who don't know how to shut the fuck up. That is fair. That enjoyed it so much we had to put it on the internet. That may be <laughs> different for, um, you know... Um, uh, let's say you've got a sub that is very uncomfortable with talking. They arrange everything through text message because they want the point of this scene to not, uh, they don't have to communicate vocally. I've met people like that before. I've met maybe one mm-hmm. and that was about it, but I, I see where you're going. Go ahead. Um, and like they may be less equipped to vocalize what they want in person. If the thing that they're going for is being able to do this, without ha- without having to deal with the annoyance that is um tense personal speech and like the the idea we're selling is a much harder sell to a person like that oh it's a harder sell to, to someone that's even extroverted mm-hmm. i'd even say because we come from we come from a most of us come from a, uh, a we go from our vanilla life into our kink life and the transition into from vanilla to kink is such a jarring experience because now you're expected to tell people what you want yeah. as opposed to people finding out just by happenstance. It's like there's, there's this weird, there's this weird thing with uh, vanilla relationships where the idea of the mystery behind the person is what draws you to them. And then as, as you progress further into the relationship, you find out more mm-hmm. and more and more. Whereas with kink, it's like, all right, here's all of my cards mm-hmm. right now. This is what you're getting. And this is what I can offer. Mm hmm. And usually that is something that we're not really equipped to deal with when we're just getting involved. So I can see that as a really difficult transition. Mm -hmm. And even people that are in the scene for years still have have issues doing this vetting process because we get complacent some more more times than not. And it's like, well, yeah, no, you're you're someone new. You're someone fun. I can show you the ropes. And in mm-hmm. reality, you don't realize that the person actually isn't brand new and has had some baggage right. that you are not equipped to deal with. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's why we do the vet, this vetting process. Yeah. It, it, as far as like 
one-to-one conversations are concerned because you never really know what I am going to be capable of. Right. And you never really know what a person is going to be capable of. And this goes into a really interesting segue as far as, like, groups. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, we were kind of already talking about um, group uh, group dynamics with, um, like, uh, the setting that you entered. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was spearheaded by one person, that's a group dynamic. Yep. And the studio you ran was definitely a group dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so do we want to move up towards, like, convention spaces, or do we want to move down to the personal level? Uh, we went from personal We went from personal level, because we kind of, like, touched base on each of them, mm-hmm. and then we started at the bottom. Yeah. So we're going to go up to groups because that goes into this, uh, the clicky aspect mm-hmm. of it, because you have a harder time with finding out exactly what the group is wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And if they're all going to be on the same page, right. especially when someone new is introduced into it, because mm-hmm. packs, mm-hmm. leather houses, right? All of, all of these like, like structures that are, do make up some of the kink friends, like even polycues and poly households. You have a really like all of these diff, all of these groups have different vetting processes. Mm-hmm. Like leather leather communities will actually take you in as an apprentice, right? And packs will I I, I can't remember what the hell packs do. I don't really think they have anything any structure to it because they're well. I, I think it's um uh, what's it called? Um, it's monolithic based on whoever the pack leader is. Yeah, because I, th- I think that's the romanticization of uh. Of packs, yeah, they've got that that alpha thing that like doesn't actually exist out in the wild. Yeah, it, it, it's not even <laughs> it's not even accurate as far as like ecology is concerned. Don't don't tell them that. I don't want to hear that. Shh. Well, we'll we'll just put that one under the rug and save mm-hmm. that one for later. And, and I'm not trying to be mean to those people either. It's like, um, it's like the kind of person that uh, like it's like sitting down to watch a Hong Kong kung fu wire film movie with an actual martial arts master and they're telling you everything that's wrong if you didn't ask for that you're like thanks for okay <laughs> thanks for really the entire it. point of this it's a romanticization of a um, of a, of a dying art that got rejuvenated and it's kind of a big part of national identity i don't need you to take it apart yeah. please <laughs> that is fair uh and we'll again we'll we'll preface this we're not hating on a specific group or anything it's just like that those are the the this is just how our minds work as far as like mm-hmm. processing stuff for ourselves. And like even, even rope people have a really weird w- way of vetting. It's like, okay, cool. We'll demo first. Mm-hmm. Like I'll put you in my rope, like mm-hmm. on the ground first in front of a whole bunch of people yeah, to see how you react. And mm-hmm. we've already gone through this, like, especially in a, a pick up and play scenario mm-hmm. where everything is right here in front of you. Yeah. And I, I think like a good a good amount of rope is exhibitionary, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily in like the process, but in the kind of people that it attracts. Yeah, you have to be slightly uh, you have to be a slight exhibitionist to even like want to be tied in a fr- in, in a space in front of a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it transitions. Is like you go from private bedroom stuff to okay we're in a dungeon and we're in our little corner Mm -hmm. to now we're doing something a little bit more like okay we're out in the open Mm -hmm. quote unquote not actually out in the open because we don't need anybody to get a charge yeah um and it just 
it changes over the course of time mm-hmm. as far as like how we will process because right now are the way we vet now is not the way we were vetting back in, like a few years ago uh-huh. and then it just kind of changes and, and if we're it evolves into something a little bit different especially in a technological space because mm-hmm. now i can grab someone's user profile skim through it go all the way down through fetlife and see exactly every interaction that they've had mm-hmm. with people and see exactly if they're worth messing with and then you yeah. can do that with groups too like if you go into certain groups in and fet life you can kind of see the, the conversation if it if from the beginning of the, when the group started if it was very educational mm-hmm. and just devolved into something like just highly sexual mm-hmm. and it just changes over the course now groups in person are a little bit different because everybody starts becoming friendly mm-hmm. and that's where a little bit of the issue lies is that yeah. we, again it comes back to complacency mm-hmm. like what is good for the goose is good for the gander kind of thing mm-hmm. so i don't know i think i think the, uh, thankfully the groups that i've been a part of haven't been shady mm-hmm. or nefarious i think that's just a luck thing how do you vet a group like uh let's say you own a venue mm-hmm. and there is a new group that comes in and they're looking for a new hangout spot how do you decide whether or not these are um bad people who need to leave or uh people that are welcome here you let them have them you let them have that one it's a trial it's like mm-hmm. it's the same it's a way that uh it's the way that the dungeon did it with me you have mm-hmm. one chance you can have your night here's what it's going to cost as far as like having a venue here's here's what it'll cost to get off everybody in mm-hmm. it's going to cost five bucks a head or whatnot and just you lay it down a list of ground rules and mm-hmm. then as the people come in we have we would have someone stay there mm-hmm. from that, one of the owners stay there to because they were the ones that they were the ones that in contact with the group prior and then go through that vetting process where you see how they interact with everybody you see all the inner workings of that group and then you make a conscious decision after the evening is out and if you wanted to take it a step further, you can actually go to every individual's FetLife profile because usually they won't give you their actual name. Of course. Um, so you can just nor go. Nor should they. Nor, nor should they because anonymity is a wonderful thing. And just go f- from there. Now, we never really did it that extreme. We just kind of saw what we did. And then usually they are put on a probationary period. Like, okay, mm. well, now you have the spot if they did all, if they, if they, dot, if they minded all their P's and the Q's. And go from there. And that probationary period is usually what what helps. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about... um, I've got two more segments that I really want to cover for this, right? I want to talk about um, conventions and big name people. And I want to have a sizably chunky uh, advice corner. Okay. Um, So I have not been to any major... Um, exclusively kink conventions before. I've been to a lot of kink events through a lot of the nerd conventions that I'm a part of the space of. But, like, as far as, like, this is, um, like, a bondage expo, I have not had the opportunity to go to any one of those because it's kind of hard to bring yourself there if you don't have a performance skill to to exhibit. That's fair. Uh, So, the only real big... For me. That's fair. The only real big name conventions that I can list at the top of my head one of them is Dark Odyssey. Mm-hmm. They have a summer and a winter camp. Okay. Um, also, there is Bondage Expo in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Another great convention. There's also Ropecraft. 
which is a pseudo traveling convention. They travel between Chicago and Austin, Texas. Wow, I love both of those places. I don't like Austin that much, but I'll I'll take Chicago any day. Um, and I think there is a some there's a couple. Oh yeah, there's Beach Bind in Jamaica. Mm. It's another one. If you have the money for that one, mm-hmm. there's NARIX, North American Rope International Exchange, and then there's Eurix, which is the European International Rope Exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I'm saying that accurately. Those are the those are the ones that I can say at the top of my head that mm-hmm. I've I've known about and have gone to. Mm-hmm. So typically, the convention has its own vetting process. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could. Everybody can buy a ticket. Everybody can go. Everybody can do all the things. Now, as far as whether or not the convention is on the up and up, mm-hmm. you look at the rules. A lot of the times, their rules are kind of blatant and obvious. If you're drinking, no fucking. If you're mm-hmm. fucking, no drinking. Mm-hmm. Just to eliminate one of those rules. Right. And there's also housekeeping matters. Like, if they're operating out of a hotel, mm-hmm. you have to... Maybe don't trash the fucking hotel. Yeah, don't trash the hotel. Look at it, you, Akon. <laughs> oofed shots fired or are they having it like a an outdoors like camping venture mm-hmm. like dark odyssey <laughs> dark odyssey does like they, they're strictly like outdoors and you can buy and it's camping space so mm-hmm. you can get away with a lot more there mm-hmm. as opposed to having the rules of the hotel right mind you all it's camping grounds so don't trash the camping grounds mm-hmm. now the vetting there is a little bit lax as mm-hmm. far as like a convention because conventions have to have such a high monetary backing mm-hmm. that in order for it to be considered safe right you're not going to have a convention that's hosting three anywhere between 300 to 500 to 600 people where it, it's it's small in in the in the scope of like anime conventions or sci-fi conventions or anything like that it's, mm-hmm. it's small yes but at the same time kinksters aren't that really big Right. Like we're not very prominent. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more cultural relevance to us now, but we're not that we're not that popular. Right, right. So from there, you go, okay, well, how long has this convention been running? Right. If I recall correctly, Ben has been going around going on for almost six years now, which is great. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Ropecraft has been going on for I think four years. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Cool. ShibariCon, which is Ropecraft's predecessor, was going on for a lot longer than that. Then right. they shut down. For what reason, I can't remember. Dark Odyssey has been going on for a long time, too. Beach Pine and Jamaica has been going on for a good while. So those are good starting points as yeah. far as, like, to figure out if a convention is worth your time and if it's safe to go. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize this about conventions, but they have to be open with whoever is on their committee. Mm-hmm. So you can research those people, like... It'll take you like 20 minutes on a Thursday afternoon to look up who is running this and who's in charge of this. But uh, the big thing that um, um worried about is the wrong term, but a concern that I have is um, headliners may be able to get away with a lot more stuff because they're headliners. And that's a thing I worry about. It. Like, are you, are you likely, like, even if a person doesn't really pass your vetting process, um, it'd be pretty hard to turn down a scene with the person that's headlining the convention, right? Arguably. Um, it depends. I have seen, I've seen, I've seen it go uh, one of two different ways. The person's either way too busy to even bother with you. Right. 
because they have a whole laundry list of people that have already signed up for mm-hmm. private classes, private photo shoots. So some of these headliners also like have their own thing going. Cause I know at one of the conventions, if you're trying, if you're talking about Haji Mikonoko, like mm-hmm. he's been to bed and right. there is no way you're tying with him. Yeah. Cause he has private classes. He has, he has book signing. He has to sell some of his merch. Well, that, that's kind of like the thing that I'm talking about. Like, let's say you're hanging out and you know that Kanoko is going to be here and you're not going to see him. And, uh, let's say that you're a sub that's there to get tied. If he's like, ah, you, I like you. I want to tie with you. Like the pressure there, knowing that you just got to the front of the line. Um, uh, obviously I would never accuse Kanoko of doing anything bad, but like somebody with that amount of clout, it would be very hard to tell them no with the amount of pressure that they can exert socially. I will. I'm the, the only thing I'm going to push back on is if the person is highly brand new, mm-hmm. they would not know who he is. Right. And that, and that's, and that's the thing that we have to remember is mm-hmm. that we know these names. Yes. Right. Right. A brand new sub that just went to Bonds Expo Dallas because she was told that this is a place where she can get ropey ropey time mm-hmm. or he, you wouldn't know who these people are. Like you wouldn't, well, you're going to see their, their faces on the fucking on the flyers. Fly. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time they're like, okay, well, that will they remember? Will they remember it? Yeah. Cause what they remember is they remember buying a ticket. They remember the hotel. They remember purchasing the hotel and now they have to find roommates. Mm-hmm. And most of the time they're going with other like very new ish people, unless right. they already have a, a person in the community. So you're saying those people would be in, well, that might be a problem because even if they are insulated by their click, um they're also super easily influenced if they're that new and which is the thing i worry about that, that is a very valid concern and i'm as far as like the main headline presenter now there's other in, there's other people that are teaching mm-hmm. sure yeah they're that that's easy it's easy to kind of go they went to a class they the, they like the teacher mm-hmm. and they are now like well can we set up a scene and mm-hmm. then it can devolve into something a little bit more nefarious right and that that is something to worry spooky. about spooky fish mm um with with that it's more along the lines of yeah it, it can happen mm-hmm. like i've i've played with somebody with myself like it's a pickup and play like mm-hmm. someone needed a bottom i was like you know what i'm in a bottom space tonight yeah and i got degraded in a rope mm-hmm. at my first convention i was like nice was it nice it was great okay <laughs> it was way too much fun mm-hmm. something about having like rope pulled through one of my piercings and wrapped around my face and then, and then getting stomped on by a, a gorgeous woman was yeah <clears throat> a little bit of the fear though <laughs> there but again that was the that was that was kind of the selling point there's like, uh-huh. i've never played with this person before they are a presenter okay yeah i can get away with it mm-hmm. and and that's i know that that is not a really good mindset to yeah. have um so you're saying there was a risk there that you should have known that you were taking and I knew the risk I was taking yeah. because just because they are, they're, they're human. Mm-hmm. We all have a human element in us. It's like what sometimes we, we think to ourselves silently, like, what could I get away with? Mm-hmm. And again, that's complacency talking right. because you're like, well, I can do these things mm-hmm. that I'm not skilled to do. And you see that a lot. Mm-hmm. So my honest opinion on the subject, try to take it with like, take, take baby steps at mm-hmm. first. Like don't, while I'm going to sit here and say, like, I jumped in headfirst into kink. Yeah. It's, don't, please, not at a convention. Yeah. Do it, in, do it in, like, small bursts, like, in your community. Like, if you go to a local dungeon, hopefully not right now, because, mm-hmm. uh, no, just have fun there. And then if you decide to go to one of those conventions that are a lot bigger, 
a lot, mm-hmm. a lot more people are find the people that are learning like you find the people that are new like you and work up to trying to talk to that presenter yeah and um like I, I hate to sound like the old person here but like i would much rather you be uh safe than be satisfied um after you've entered the sphere that is um so if if there is enough doubt to make you think about it a couple of times really put some thought into that because like the our human superpower right is that time is on our side if you keep rolling those dice you will eventually crit and you will find something as long as you keep looking and searching for it so um don't be afraid to turn down things that look a little bit sus because um i know we're small but there is still a lot of us out there and you will find somebody who is not a gigantic risk that you can build confidence and get better um better perception about um what is and isn't going to cripple you you know it mm-hmm. may or may not ruin your fucking life if you do this wrong yeah but another thing that kind of like piggyback on that is like quality over quantity mm-hmm. you want to find the best way to enjoy your scene mm-hmm. you can do a paddling scene 1700 times and only have five of those be like the like cream of the crop experiences mm-hmm. but you want to take your time in finding those because those will actually stick in your head a lot more than those 1700 that you just did mm-hmm. but also on, a, on that tangent you can also have one of the one scene that ended really badly because yeah. of it only has to go wrong once and then you're you're done um and a, another thing is like this is very um a tougher thing for somebody in my position because i want as much practice and experience tying as i can possibly get yeah um but i have to like you know temper my urge to practice and improve with what may or may not be dangerous for me and whoever i'm playing with and those are the things that we have to think about because i i know i expedited a lot of my like rope process because i had access to an entire dungeon and i had access to an entire rope space Mm -hmm. where i could just sit and practice whenever the hell i wanted yeah not everybody has that luxury Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what it was it's a luxury and we have to keep those in mind because most of us that are in kink are just going to be regular people Mm -hmm. not everybody's going to get to the point of becoming a national or international presenter Mm -hmm. or performer that 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 hardly ever happens Mm -hmm. uh you have to either be you have to have really good clout you have to also have a really good reputation and you have to have really good skill to back all that shit up because most of us just play for the sake of like getting our rocks off which Mm -hmm. is not a bad thing just do understand that the people that are up at the higher echelon do have a level of experience that we will never really have yeah now with that being said let's talk about presenters Mm. because presenters are both good and bad we, mm-hmm. we love them, but also we have to be mindful of who we're playing with because just because they have a big name behind them doesn't mean they're the greatest person to tie with. Yeah. Um, That's what I was getting at earlier with the um, uh, presenters can be hard to resist. Yeah, they can. They really can. Especially because it's like, well, this is this is you you ha- you rack in your brain. This is the once in a lifetime experience. Mm hmm not really because you can probably meet them at their local dungeon yeah they hang out somewhere they yeah and you can definitely go to those places Mm -hmm. you can network you can talk you can vet you can do all those same things that we were doing Mm -hmm. in the beginning interpersonal relationships just understand that there there may be a weight 
there may be a time mm-hmm. there may be money involved that you have to pay because taking a intensive with one of these people and then getting tied by one of them mm-hmm. is a business transaction at yeah. this point and uh um this is not just a bottom looking for presenters it's also a um if you are a top that wants to play with a uh, like a model level person like somebody who makes their living off of how they present themselves that has the same dynamics and mm-hmm. is harder to get yeah i mean there's a lot of professional rope bottoms out there mm-hmm. a lot and a lot of them are probably a lot more knowledgeable about rope than you are you are exactly and mm-hmm. it's it's and that is gonna that's gonna play a part like these people know how to keep themselves safe well like here's the thing that i think a lot of tops don't realize about bottoms especially in the rope community they have nothing to do um in the middle of tying except pay attention to what you're doing so thinking that they don't know what goes into this um only really applies if they're like extremely either extremely lazy or extremely into it and even if they're extremely into it if they're hyper focused on the fact that they're getting off while being tied mm-hmm. they're going to notice something wrong yeah, that... at a certain point because sometimes we get a little bit too far into our head but mm. these these professional rope bottoms are they've trained themselves mm-hmm. to focus on exactly what issues because they've already had previous injuries yeah. some of them have had wrist drops some of them have had leg drops some of them have had, had weird torsions that have happened to their body while doing these suspensions while and doing this these extends times. to all forms of uh, any bdsm that has a top bottom dynamic right mm-hmm. um professional fi- professional doms mm-hmm. have this like dominatrixes and all that do also deal with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and finding a safe presenter it sounds easy on paper mm-hmm. it really really does because again it comes into if you have power yeah they have clout armor yeah uh, but uh, cloud armor i like that one mm-hmm. i was thinking plot armor but cloud, cloud armor is a lot more conducive to this conversation mm-hmm. and you you run into these weird little like hiccups like okay well this person obviously has had to be good for so long that they have never had anything bad happen to them whether they're top or bottom mm-hmm. well do a little bit more research like yeah. find out who they've been playing because a lot of times there's a paper trail mm-hmm. you can find old conventions if you go again go on to fat life mm-hmm. look up like an individual go through their stuff and you can see timelines of all their stuff yeah pay attention to how they treat their um their other play partners i was watching a uh, um uh cat black had a um a bdsm kind of primer and story experience that she talked about on her channel um where um she part of her figuring out that uh, um, a particular um top was not for her was her noticing how um the his other bottoms were being treated Mm -hmm. like his behavior was pristine when it came to or pristine's not the right word amicable um almost prim and proper no like um not failing is the better term that oh like still like still and like hadn't failed out of the program but not not the best the best the best of kept, you. Get, kept getting c minuses just to skirt on yeah, by that, the that's 2. the impression 0. i got from the story okay um and um i was like this is a um it kind of dawned on me that like this story was the entire reason that she put that video up was for like when you're vetting people like no um 
know what to look for. Um, look for the things that it would be easy for them to forget about if they weren't paying attention. That would be signs that the things aren't quite right. Look at how they treat their family. Look at how they treat their regular group of people. Um, all that stuff is important. Mm-hmm. Looking at their looking at their interpersonal relationships will kind of, or even in their performances, will mm-hmm. tell you. And I think one of the best things to kind of like go off of is there. There's this wonderful question that you always have to ask. What as far as like playing with a person's concern, especially someone that's higher level, mm-hmm. have you hurt someone? Mm-hmm. Have you harmed someone? Yeah. And usually, most of us will say yes. Yeah. I will say yes. I've given somebody a rope burn. Mm-hmm. I've had to cut my rope before. Yeah. And being that honest with somebody is like okay well that that's good to know mm-hmm. if someone tells you no that's a red flag because yeah. it's gonna happen and it, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when mm-hmm. so looking into those looking in looking that deep into somebody's like professional yeah. career is in is paramount like ask somebody if they've hurt somebody then ask ask both of those questions separately mm-hmm. have you hurt someone and have you harmed somebody Okay, those are two different questions. They're very different, but most people conflate them. And if, if somebody can't see the difference between those two things, maybe worry about that. Okay, so we, we've, we've kind of snuck into the advice corner. So I want to mm-hmm. like, um, I'm a structuralist. I like structure with everything. It makes things easier. Um, so I, I see kind of a three-step process for vetting anybody. Mm-hmm. There's your first impression. Yep. Um, where like, you feel whatever feelings you get with the first impression and then you try to kind of like lean into how much of that is constructed and how much of that is genuine. I don't think a constructed persona is bad, but I do think it's something to be aware of. Then you do your research. That's your middle stage. Um, you go and you grab all the information you can. And in this stage, you're just looking for data. You're not making any judgments yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the third stage is reflection. Like you take all the information you have and, um, you see what it means. This is also the stage where you like go around and talk to people. And if things aren't adding up, you're back at stage two or something, even back at stage one or yeah. Well, it's not a first impression anymore. Um, well, maybe that first impression was curated. So one of the things that I like doing with people that are like trying to play with me or mm-hmm. trying to vet me is like, okay, find four people, mm-hmm. two people that really like me people that absolutely fucking hate me right and get both opinions before you make yours right and then just talk to me about it mm-hmm. if, if if you even want to at that point like mm-hmm. that that is completely up to you that that has made it so much better for how i vet people as well oh yeah uh also if somebody decides not to play with you it is polite for them to refuse you formally it is not required it's not somebody is allowed to decide that they don't want to play with you never fucking talk to you again and if you've found out some vile shit about somebody you don't even owe them a message before you block them exactly Uh, if you feel like they're dangerous um like i am far less concerned about somebody's feelings than i am about your safety so do that shit yeah don't don't worry about the whole ghosting thing because again these are people that you don't really know and I'm assuming that you haven't, you're not on a first name basis. Mm-hmm. So that way they can't really do anything. Yeah. A little bit different dynamics if they're like in a group setting with you or something like that. But like, um, maybe it's more contextualized by the situation we're in right now in, um, you know, in, in the DC time period and in the during Corona, during Corona, yeah. <laughs> the DC continuity. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's, there's that whole mix. Yeah. So we, we know it's pretty toxic. 
Mm -hmm. Well, and especially now that we have a lot more time to do a lot more investigative stuff, because before COVID, Mm -hmm. we we were we were a little bit we were a little bit lax on Mm -hmm. all of that because it was like we all have we are all busy we all have things to do. And vetting was just kind of one of those things that you put off to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Now that we have a lot more time, oh, you can definitely do your research. Yeah. Um, make sure your friends are vetting. Mm-hmm. If they get lazy, um, you being a little bit annoying may be the thing that saves their life. So do that. Do that shit. Do your part. You you have time. You can send a text message. You can spend, you know, you're rewatching The Office for the 44th fucking time anyway. Pull up your phone and look through their fat life. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching The Office. No, thank you. And I just pissed off somebody. Any, but that that's the general consensus on whole, the whole vetting process going mm-hmm. from all the way down to all the way back up. Mm-hmm. And just do remember, this does also play to you. Like, if you, if you have skeletons in your closet, someone will find it. Yeah. It's not that hard. It just it just takes a moment to like sift through everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you've um, if you have fucked up and you are repentant, um, like actually repentant, not just putting on the appearance, you have to own those problems and you have to understand that. De- like, I don't know who this message is for. Anybody that I could be telling this does not want to hear it from me. <laughs> I just realized. Uh, yeah, no this this entire co- this entire like conversation is like, yeah, well, the, we're 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 probably talking to a wall right now. Yeah, yeah. Because most of the people that are probably just like, well, I don't need to do this. Like, I'm I know I'm perfectly safe. Like, oh, then maybe this video is for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe this podcast is for you. Who knows? Honestly, if you can take any amount any modicum amount of information from this and just keeping yourself safe, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. Yeah, that's all I care about. The the goal of this podcast has always been um to be a primer for people that are new to the scene and a celebration for people that have been here for a while um so you can either understand how you would teach new people or not be blindsided by people that are more experienced than you nothing is going to beat out experience but having a little bit of a a roadmap is definitely useful and it makes you it's harder to take advantage of you yeah and also do remember um be be inquisitive and just because someone has a lot of experience doesn't mean it was always good experience Uh uh-huh and with that being said i think we're at the end yeah i think we've gone through introduced ourselves yeah we did we did at the very beginning Mm. i got that i got i I wasn't there you were (laughs) well not mentally maybe i don't don't know that sounds fake to me well either way (laughs) so just so just so we get this done this was Bound by the Scene, hosted by Tentacle Bound and Spirit Binder. Yeah. We're hopefully going to be finally back at a normal recording pace. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, well, we'll have any of these lined up. And we'll figure out exactly how to do those and who to get on. If Hell you, yeah. If you have somebody be- specific you'd like us to interview, whether it be me or Spirit, by all means, shoot us a message on either Pornhub or YouTube. I will be attempting... We've got an email too, right? Yeah, we do have an email. It's actually in our bio. Mm-hmm. Go and shoot that email there. I'm going to be working on getting us a Twitter, getting that up and running, mm. so that way I'm not posting directly onto my active Twitter. That's a good idea. Yeah, but I'm so lazy. I, I want to put um, rope stuff on the Twitter. That's perfectly fine. That's exactly what it's for. Because we're both ropey people, so mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense and it kind of has a moniker in our name. Mm-hmm. But other than that, 
Auf Wiedersehen. Au revoir, Jeanne. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Peace.